live from the Polar Express, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Welcome, everyone, to episode 136 of Derailed Trains of Thoughts. My name is Timothy Deal. My name is Nick Hayden. And this is your premier podcast on storytelling. For the creator and the consumer. Welcome, Nick. Hi. It is Christmas time. It is. Hey, we're we're uh, on a fancy train here. Uh, this is a good way to spend the holidays. Yeah, it's real dressed up real snazzy. Make sure you get some hot chocolate. Okay, happily. It's delicious, and the waiters will sing a pretty uh, a pretty cool song along. I, I'm already feeling at home. There's, a, again, good spot to be for December. I mean, I will say the people here do look a little uncanny-ish. Uh, yeah. That's the one downside. I mean, the, the landscape here is beautiful, that we're driving by all the snow, way more snow mm-hmm. than we have in Indiana. Yes, that's completely true. At least of this recording. We had more snow in November, weirdly enough. Yeah, and Thanksgiving was our Christmas, <laughs> as far as weather went. Yeah, it seems that way. Everyone at school ready for the break? Yes. You could tell the day when suddenly, oh, now they're clocking out. <laughs> so, You're like, oh, we're done. We're and ready. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun. I remember those days. It was different for me because I was homeschooled. Yeah, but. yeah. To be a little, I mean, I'm sure you had the same thing, but it's a little different than you have an entire school that's slowly like winding down, tur- winding down, or winding up, depending on your context. <laughs> I mean, even college was like that to yeah, a degree. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we had to get through finals. Yep, yep. Well, thank you, folks, for for joining us. Kind of we'll tail end of. <laughs> We're here at the, the tail end of the month, um, hopefully right before Christmas, if this episode gets out soon enough. So thank you for making some uh, time in your holiday schedule for your premier podcast on storytelling for the creator and the consumer. No, no, yeah. <laughs> and we we'll just throw a plug in here. Um, if you've not listened to Let's Finally Watch This, the final kind of epilogue episode comes out probably a few days after this. Well, yes, or, or after Christmas, yeah, December 30th, Yep. so be on the lookout for that. We've finished our run-through of uh, 10 regular episodes of uh, the movies from 1922 yep. all the way to 2012, so uh, if you want to know what movies we watch, go check that out on your favorite podcatcher or on our website, Derailed Trains of Thought. But anyway... Nick, folks did not come here for another commercial. What? Why not? This is only commercials today. We, we ran the whole thing out. <laughs> but haven't you listened to Charlie Brown? Christmas is not supposed to be commercial. Oh, that's true. Even okay. though it can be sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> um, but what we're really here for is to talk about storytelling. So let's do that with Story School. Nick, I don't know if you've noticed this, but a popular theme of Christmas specials, holiday movies and such is the the need to believe. To believe? Wait, belief as a major theme in entertainment? I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yes. Well, it, it does It does exist? Up. Okay. It does exist. Okay. It's particularly popular in kids' stories, movies, TV shows, for whatever reason. Yes. And even young adult stuff to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, depending. On the genre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in the days of uh, Once Upon a Time, (laughs) this was a big thing. I mean, and sometimes to cool effects, I mean, the character Henry we were quite fond of, and he was known as a a true believer. A true believer. 
So define, okay, define true believer here. Okay, well, I mean, looking at the topic broadly, it would be nice to talk about how this uh, as a trope or as a theme can be used in a cheesy way, but I think it'd be also be interesting to look for ways that the the idea of the need for belief can be done well in, in popular fiction. Okay, so, I can see that. So it'll be interesting to see. But anyway, the, the true believer, I think, well, when it came to Henry, he was the one, especially in season one, yeah. that really believed that all the residents of Storybrook were residents from a fairy tale land. So, I mean, in most stories, if there's a character who's the true believer, is usually he's usually the good guy. Yeah. And this is probably an exaggeration. They often are believing something that is almost contrary to common sense and what anyone else would think. Yeah. It, it's like some sort of outside the norm normal com yeah common sense or normal wisdom usually there's some sort of fantasy element whether it's a santa claus or a fairy or a whole nother land something supernatural or fantastical curses or yeah yeah so i guess why first why do you think this is a such an appealing trope theme why why does it keep showing up i do wonder and it'd be interesting to compare this with media from other countries. I don't know whether it's more of a Western theme than like an, if it would show up in Asian mm -hmm. uh, cinema or, or other things. I mean, if it would be that it comes from the West, I would associate that with Christianity's deep roots here. Okay, I would agree with that, that there's rightly wrongly the idea that faith is a primary mover in a person's life. Yeah. Seeps into all the culture. Yeah. There's all kinds of things about Christianity that have become a part of Western culture, even when Western culture doesn't acknowledge Christianity mm -hmm. as truth. But belief, faith, hope, these are very important things to Christianity and to other religions as well. But I know Christianity the best, and yeah. I know it does talk about these things. And it's kind of the, the major background of Western society. Yeah. So I think our culture has inherited that. I do think, again, positive aspects of it, you know, as much as we have kind of ridiculed some some of these ideas before, yeah. like the believe in yourself, you just believe in yourself, you can do it sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, also acknowledging that positive thinking is a useful thing. It is. And there is a certain amount of like, oh, I can do this and I believe I can, you know, that it helps. Is there a scene, I seem like there's a scene kind of like this in... The first Marvel Spider-Man movie. Oh, with Peter Parker. With Peter Parker, where he finally like he can pulls the strength out to save someone, and it's it's an interesting point. I mean, Spider-Man Two plays with this for a while. He doesn't wants to be Spider-Man anymore, yeah. and so the powers kind of fade away. But then, the more he like finds that he needs it, he wants it. Like the powers are back. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's I don't know a little different from belief, but similar. Yeah. But there, I think there is a thing, an idea where they say about positive thinking and belief that. The more you believe in something about yourself, the more you set that as a goal for yourself, the more likely you are to be able to make that a reality. Because, yeah, because it's the truth that how you look at yourself does matter. So you're right. The positive aspect, no pun intended, well, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> is that positive thinking does help, that it has good benefits. And so we've got faith from Christianity. We have faith from that. And I think there's also, there's a sense of, in a lot of modern Western shows, the sense of, I got to fix myself first before I can fix anyone else. Mm, yeah. Um, I think there, there's some of that, that faith, like Dumbo, just use the... <laughs> like a placebo. Yeah. Like, you don't need the feather. I just made that whole thing. Yeah, happen. there is no spoon. Um, <laughs> that's not quite the same. That's a different thing. But 
So I guess those are about positive aspects, but but if positive thinking is so good, then like what have we been uh, picking apart? Well, why why do we keep why do we keep like yeah making we, fun of them? When we used to watch Once Upon a Time, we always call it like Disney theology, and we always kind yeah. of just like what is this? <laughs> I think some of it's this for me is the fact that Christians believe faith is a good thing, but so often in the way Western media talks about it, faith is not in in a particular thing necessarily. It's just sort of like my will, like my spiritual willpower. Mm. And it's basically magic at that point. Yeah, if it's pushed too far. I mean, sometimes the problem with you just got to believe talk is that they're not very being very specific in what are we supposed to believe in? No, it, it's just, yeah, exactly. What are you believing in? And sometimes then the other problem is say they're believing in something, like it makes sense in the context, but if you move it out at all, you're like, Everyone's right to doubt that. Like, if some if some guy came to me and said, "Yeah, the fairy tale land exists, and if you don't do something, the fairies are going to die," you're like, "You need to go see a psychologist." Uh, <laughs> well, and like, I mean, it's a conundrum when it comes to Christmas stuff. You know, yeah. a lot of these things are all about believing in Santa. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with stories about Santa. Yeah, I'm not going to tell my kids to really believe in Santa. I don't really have that plan. And what are you believing in that he exists? That you need present. You gotta be good over. I, yeah, it just it gets yeah foggy. It is. I mean, how you deal with make believe is a whole question you could have with parents. I mean, I know Mister Rogers was very clear. He had, you know he had a man a land of make believe, yep. and he used it. He was very specific in the way he treated make believe and how he treated real life, which is different from the way Sesame Street would handle yeah. things. Like when Mister Rogers was going to have Big Bird on his show, he really wanted to, to show Carol Spinney getting in and out of the costume. And Carol Spinney was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So yeah. that's why Big Bird only appeared in the land of make-believe. Yeah. Whereas Muppets hang out in Sesame Street all the time. And it was all about this kind of like interplay between fantasy mm-hmm. and real life. And not that Jim was, Jim Henson was never particular about not letting puppeteers be seen. Yeah. He kind of had this, this aspect of the fantasy and the reality will always kind of co-inhabit mm-hmm. and it's true if you ever watch the interview with him with kermit on his hand your eyes would always immediately gravitate toward kermit yeah and as kermit would say who cares what the bearded guy is doing <laughs> um, exactly that's kind of a side tangent but i've always found that dichotomy fascinating because on the one hand just thinking about i'm not a parent yeah. yet yet but if i when i become one wanting them to know that there is a very there is certain things that are real and certain things that are not but I really like the idea of letting them Make play. Make a good thing. Yeah, playing and, and having imagination and living that imagination. There's nothing wrong with that as long as there's... It can age, it changes, but like there's a separation between yeah. what is we're playing and what is real truth. Mm-hmm. And I've also often wondered how someone like Madeline LaEngle, yeah. who is very much into not telling your children to you know not make stories as if that's like a lying a terrible yeah. thing i'd be very curious to see how she like differentiates those things uh, yeah that's true or like i don't know this chesterton or george mcdonald yeah how someone like george mcdonald will talk about that yeah. kind of stuff too because they they seem to like blend they the blend fantasy a lot. a lot more but I don't know. Well, here's a question. It's very interesting to compare, say, now that you brought up some of these Christian writers, compare some of these fancy worlds and like, you just got to believe and versus like when Narnia and they come back, they're like, Lucy's lying. And then the professor doesn't say, well, do you just believe her? Like he uses logic. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. look, let's figure out what's true. That's a and good then, point. 
and then Luz is set up in such a way so that Narnia is true. It's not again. That's I guess Henry from Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. but they never use that argument so much as like you just got to understand and trust me. What, what you, okay, trust is a good thing. I mean, believing in something. There's two different ways to understand it. One is believing something is real. I got to realize it's real. And then there's beliefs in which I trust in that thing. Mm. Mm. And I think those get blended sometimes. Yeah, maybe not in a healthy way. Or at least in a very um, hand-waving sort of way. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that is is part of the, the crux here, isn't it? Like, I think even with stories dealing with Santa, yeah, it's a fantasy story so that it is... It makes sense within the context of that story. Yeah. That like, yes, in this world, Santa is real. real. Of this movie, that Santa is a real thing. Great. But I think the problem sometimes becomes if you're trying to make that the lesson of the story. Yeah. Then it's like, well, wait, well, what does this mean exactly? So, so wait, we're using a, something that's not real to teach you to have faith in something. It's weird. Yeah. And maybe you're not supposed to take it that seriously, but it happens often enough. At some point, you either just ignore it which i'm not sure is healthy or you're like uh we need to talk about this (laughs) yeah yeah take a movie like the santa claus yeah with tim allen i think the the thing you can learn from that is there's a father-son relationship here i I don't know like you don't take santa claus too serious this must be heartwarming yeah the message i take away from it is not oh there's this whole system set up so that (laughs) if something ever happens to santa that there'll be another one so i can i can rest assured that santa will always be there well (laughs) yeah and it's interesting because i feel like i have not seen a ton of more modern christmas movies but i think they kind of know that it's a fancy world now it's not like let's say miracle on 34th street Oh, which yeah. is really trying to push the like no like the whole courtroom. I mean, that's the entire yeah that's thing. Like, true. trust the little kid. The little kid knows. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because often you get the little kids in there who are the faith ones, and you always have this dilemma between yes, kids have a lot of childlike innocence and faith, and it makes a good story point. But on the other hand, what are we learning? You know, well, what do we learn when the kid is a smart one? Or yeah. Kind of non-Christmas famous example of this would be, especially in the play of Peter Pan. Oh, yeah, where you got Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. and in that case, it works pretty well because you're in this fan, you're in this Never Never Land, and fairies are, you know. But in other contexts outside the play, like people keep pushing that idea, like you just got belief, you just, gotta, you know. But you can't rewrite reality with belief. I think that's what I get most frustrated about. Like, there is a time I think where you follow things. Faith is hoping for things you can't see. Yeah. That would be the Christian definition, or trusting things you can't see. But that doesn't mean anything you can't see can, you can have faith in, it'll just work out. <laughs> right. So it's interesting in stories, though, because stories have different worlds. They have different contexts. They have different characters. They have different rules. Yeah. Well, even the idea of Christian faith does get complicated in some ways, because on one hand, yes, faith is belief in something we have not seen. Yeah. But at the same time, there are stories in the Bible about people who see something happen and therefore have faith. It's based in evidences. It's not just yeah. hearsay. It's not, I mean, there's eyewitnesses. There's all kinds of stuff. It's not in a vacuum. He's not in a vacuum. And, yeah. But it's still a matter of faith because there, are, there were other people who saw, like in Jesus's day, there are other people who saw Jesus's miracles that didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible kind of talks about the idea that there is evidence, but... 
there is still like a matter of for the person to have faith. I mean, Abraham had faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. And, and that's, lo- that says a lot. And I think a lot, and again, we're a little on the moving away from stories for a second, but a lot of that faith is especially in here's what you've seen and known. Will you trust it for things that haven't happened yet? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, like, you saw Jesus, you saw the miracles, will you trust that he's coming back, yeah. that he will complete what he started? Abraham, he talked to you, he gave this promise to you, will you trust that it's good? Yeah, Israelites, he led you through the Red Sea, he uh, did all the stuff in Egypt, he got you out of here, will you trust him to, to rescue you again? So I think the best use of faith in story runs a little bit like that, where it's almost like when the character says, look, I know this guy, have faith that he'll get it. Get, you know, this happens sometimes in, like, say, Lots of stuff. I'm, I've been watching some Doctor Who again. Doctor Who is like, I know the Doctor. Mm. He'll pull this off. Yeah. Now, he's just a man, whatever. Well, not a man. He's a Time Lord. But, but that idea that we've seen previous things, the faith becomes rooted in something true in the world. Mm. Mm-hmm. Again, when you get through things like, what is the kid trusting? Then it's a little weirder because they've seen it, but like the parents have no context for it. The adults have no content, you know, and then they're supposed to trust the kid. Yeah. And it gets a little more yeah, like dicey. You want, the audience wants to be on the kid's side because they've seen what the kid has seen. Yeah. But the parent is fully within their rights to, to doubt the <laughs> <Yeah>. question. <laughs> but they're like, how dare you doubt? You know, trust the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember. It's been long enough since we saw Once Upon a Time. A lot of it, Emma is trying, like, Henry is trying to get Emma to believe that she is this fairy tale princess, yeah. essentially. But I don't remember there's details like that where, like, she sees things and she can ta- kind of take it either way and she has a hard time trusting it. It's been, it's, I think there's, a, I think they do add some that is in front of memory in season one, but it's very, yeah. It's foggy. It's, it's been foggy. A, it's been a long time now yeah. since that season. And we haven't rewatched it as much as we have lost. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> For a variety of reasons. One other example of... Uh, Faith, although in this case is more about hope, which yeah. they're, they're similar. They're really that I thought it'd be fun to talk about, and it handles it in a way that I don't know many other stories do. So in DC Comics, yeah, there's the Green Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. uh, which if you're not familiar with the Green Lanterns, they're like space police. The Green Lantern, they, he's got the, the ring that is able to make energy projections. It could be like a shield. It can be a sword. It could basically whatever you, yeah. you need it to be. Enables the Green Lantern to fly through space and fly in general, stuff like that. Well, Jeff Johns, during his run of Green Lantern comics, he introduced the idea of the emotional spectrum. Okay. Yeah, with the different colors. The different colors, yeah. Because the Green Lanterns had always run on willpower. A lot of their energy was directly related to their will to make something happen. So the idea with emotional spectrum is that each of these emotions has its own power and its own color. That and so there were all these other colored rings. Like yeah. the some of them were bad. Like the yellow lanterns were the traditional. Yellow had been a traditional enemy against green. It's a comics thing. Yeah. Uh, and yellow was fear. The red lanterns were rage. But then one of the the good colors was blue. Okay. The blue lanterns that represented hope. And the interesting thing about the Blue Lanterns is that their rings could only do very basic things on their own. They could fly, they could travel through space, and very some defensive stuff. But their power was greatly amplified when it worked together with will. Okay. The idea being that hope is very strong, but if it's just sitting by itself, it's not going to accomplish okay. much. 
that it needs some sort of other force that it will help propel. And which I thought it was a super cool idea for a superhero group. Like basically they work best as servants yeah, and they're healers and, and stuff like that. But anyway, as an idea with hope that, uh, one of their mantras is that is very much that all will be well, the world will be made right, yeah. which is a, a pretty Christian yeah. idea, but very interesting that it, at least for me, that it was like faith without works is dead, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's cool. It was one of the few times I can I can think of that faith or hope specifically is talked about in very general terms, but is saying really interesting things alongside it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think there's a subcategory we haven't touched a ton on, which is the believe in yourself. Yeah, we mentioned it. We haven't gone too deep into it. I mean, again, it has the good side of that is that positive thinking stuff. The bad side of it is that it's bordering on self-determination. I mean, it really is like willpower becomes central. Central. Yeah. It's that very, I don't know, I'm using the right Nietzschean sort of, you know, will is all things. Mm. And again, I feel like this happens a lot of superhero X-Men sort of style things where it's like, even in anime, or to be anime, honest. I mean, anime, yeah. anything that has you have some sort of power, uh-huh. and the power depends largely on basically you can do it. Mm. Um, and I think people like that. I think that, I think we really like that story because it's that idea that if I just push a little harder, I can do it. If I if I work harder, if I think harder, if I believe in it, it's the whole um. What, what was that book that went viral a while ago? The Secret. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, basically, you just, you hope, actually, there's a thing called manifesting. Do you know about manifesting? It sounds vaguely familiar. It was going on on various social media, but basically just, it's kind of name and claim it. The idea that you, that you can manifest it. And I guess on TikTok, there was this thing where you imagine yourself whispering in the ear of whoever, where you want something like to your boss, like, I need a raise. (laughs) And that you like, you believe it with all your heart and you, you envision saying it and that they'll listen to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard of people using this term as like a joke, but yeah, no, but it's a real thing. And a lot of people like it, but I think because we want to be able to meld the world to our own desires. Uh And I think a lot of these stories revel in that. And and I feel like that's American, but I feel like that is also Japanese. Yeah. It's a thing. The, the, the individual can determine the fate of themselves at the very least, if not more than that. Yeah. And like many ideas, it is based or inspired by truth. Yes. I mean, the Proverbs have lots of passages that are about the virtues of hard work mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and training the body to do various things. But yeah, I go too far. It's, it's like, and you can become like God. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, that's I mean, it's, yeah. it's going all the way back to original sin. Yeah. It, and, it and pushed to its limit. And I think that's what's, that's what's so fascinating about this whole like faith issue in stories is that on one hand, it could be a great exploration of what it means to work with, like with the hope, be in a relationship with another, with a group, with mm-hmm. with a higher power, with other things. On the same wavelength, it can also be an exploration of how we just want to keep making ourselves into gods. Mm-hmm. And it's all around that same idea. And partly because the word faith or believing yourself is such a undefined term. Yeah. It sounds generic enough to be non-controversial. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it, be, it can come across as shallow because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, believe in yourself. This is something that we can all agree with, yeah. right? Well, well mm, <laughs> let's put some clarifications on that. Trust your heart. <laughs> but I mean, it goes back to, 
I, I always forget who said this, but it's an idea that is stuck in my head for a while now that every heresy is a truth taken too far. Yeah. And I think how faith is used falls along with that. So maybe let's, because these are the rant and rave about the bad versions. If we've talked about some good version, what do you think, say you're a creator, what sort of interesting things have not been explored as much or things that we could use to use this, maybe this trope in a new or fresh or helpful way? I think as a general term, it is more useful to have something specific that you're having a character believe in. Mm-hmm. And outside of himself. Outside probably. of themselves, preferably. Okay. Yes. Because, yeah, because the self is such, wow, this is going to sound really existentialist, but the self itself is such a, a vague concept. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all constantly rediscovering ourselves in some way. Because, like, even, say, let's take a dumb example. Even if you say, trust yourself, what you really mean is, Trust in your ability to fly, but you've done it before. Yeah. And that's different than trust yourself. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, you have the ability, you know, trusting your ability or trusting in a past experience is a little different or a little more defined. I feel like the yeah. defining it helps. Yeah, that, it, that's true. Like someone who's having anxiety before performing um, in front of an audience, yeah. they have to like trust that they put in the time of the practice mm-hmm. for if, say, they're playing a musical instrument. They yeah. put in the time to practice it. They know the piece. They just kind of have to build up in themselves the confidence to go out there and perform it. So it is trust yourself, but that's different than just sort of like this magical, I pulled my best version out. It's yeah, trusting what you, or anything, even with other people, or you, know, you say, I trusting in my friend or my father or my my coworker, my brother in arms, then you're saying you're telling the audience something about loyalty or about family relationships or about, I mean, because it's the opposite, I guess, of our, one of our pet peeves in stories where it's like, where the best friends are like, I can't believe you did that. I, I trusted you, uh-huh, uh-huh. but it's the opposite. And that would be a better story. I think. Yeah. More satisfying. Yeah. So there's, that's one way to fix the interpersonal belief, trust mm-hmm. issue. What are some other, to go back to your question, some other things that's, again, I think the idea of having something specific to believe in is good. There's always a bit of a challenge in having stories. I think it's a good thing to have in stories about having faith in God, Mm -hmm. specifically. It does become a bit of a challenge to also, we've talked about the the challenge of having God in your stories. Yeah, to do it well is hard. To do it well is hard. So does it come off as deus ex machina, even though... Sometimes God does just show yeah. up and do things, but it can feel contrived yeah, yeah. in the wrong way. One of the ways I guess I've done it, there's two ways, and I, these are not by far exhaustive. One, I think providence is a nice way of doing a story mm. in the sense that it's not Dusak Machina, but you can see like things are like Esther, things are arranging themselves. And obviously, oh, okay. that was, but it's not like, boom, I just jumped in the last minute and saved it. No, there's ways to pull that off. Yeah. But you got to work. Yeah. To make that work. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has to be a very specific kind of story, which I always think for your example is local man struck by lightning. Yeah. And I think here's the other thing. If you're going to do something about faith in God, you got to make that a major thing. I mean, it's got to be the the crux of the story. If that's going to be, if your climax is going to be around that, it's got to be everywhere else before that. Yeah, I agree. And I found that, I think I just done this naturally, that I have a lot of stories about people trying to figure out what they believe in. Mm. Because to me, that's an easier story to write, I guess. <laughs> and, and plus, then if you get if you get there with the character, then when they start trusting, you've wrestled with them. Okay. I, I feel like yeah, I feel like Fred is this way. I, again, we sorry, audience, you have not read Sir and Fred because you can't 
um, <laughs> at this point. Well, maybe some of your string Fred enthusiasts have uh, followed you here. That's true. But I mean, like book three, not even them at all, right? And that's where oh, a lot that's of true. that sort of transition to him trusting in something. Mm-hmm. But Squire, Obed from The Unremarkable Squire, he trusts in something to begin with, which is first Lance and then the oath. But he's like, that's not enough either. And then he gets to a god. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, I, and I guess I've naturally kind of moved in that direction of that process people have from like, how do I learn to trust in something? Mm. Now, I've not written many stories of what happens after that. And I think if I ever finish any more Hunter Letters, we might get some of that. But some of my short stories have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like Logan Man Struck by Lightning obviously sure. has. Well, that's almost learned to trust as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, in a way it is. But Which, in a th- kind of Dusik Machina sort of way. And that yeah. one is available on your website. That is available. Out. And, it, and it, is, it is worth reading. I agree. One of my first good stories. So that's what some of my thoughts. I know there's other ways, but those are some ways I have yeah, I intuitively mean, found. I mean, we've talked about some interesting ways you do belief in God, belief in fellow people, even a little bit. Again, if you do it the right way, you can even do a belief in your abilities mm-hmm. within limitations. Yeah, I think it's just been overused so much without thinking that yeah. that's why there's this sort of tiredness, at least with me, about some of it. You know, another one that doesn't get done as much these days, which could be interesting to explore, belief in country. Okay, yeah, I mean, or, or some ideal. Some, some ideal. I mean, I, I think Hamilton gets at this in some ways, maybe not as strongly as other things, because Hamilton is also a biographical musical, but it does play with the idea of we have these ideas to make this country mm-hmm something new, something better, and we're going to work to make that happen. And I think that can be a really encouraging sort of story, but you're right. We tend to we tend to see more stories about the I'm against something versus mm. I'm for something. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think more building, you know, whatever it is, some some idea, whether it's country, patriotism, loyalty, love in a very sense. Yeah. And again, I guess even love stories, we have that I will always find you or I always, which can be cheesy, but sometimes it's really fun for the viewer or the reader because we all want that sort of trust in the other person. Yeah, that's true. And it's sort of a um, aspirational faith, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Maybe I just struck that. One of the best uses, and again, even the bad ones do this to a certain extent, of this faith is aspirational, being like, I wish I trusted like that. Mm, yeah. You know, even like some of the dumb ones or the ones we don't agree with are like, yeah, I wish I trusted that I could do stuff that much. Or I wish I would trust my, I, I had this, like this bookmark that my mom got me ages. It was like, trust your crazy dreams and trust your crazy ideas, you know? And that's uh-huh. in the right context, a very helpful, encouraging thing because the world tends to just beat you down from most of the ideals and most mm. of the, you know, like, oh, we're all humans. We all err. We all make mistakes. So why even bother trusting? You know, it's funny. As much as the Muppet movie was a very important movie for me, like in high school, I remember I had a phase of it in college, specifically when I went to L.A. I think I did a paper where I was probably the most cynical I'd ever been towards the Muppet movie, just in, in part because I was like, I'll cover it, and the, they just walk in and they get a contract. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. You know, that's not how it works. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in the midst of learning film and being around all these people. <laughs> it's like, this is a hard industry to do anything yeah. in. But later, you know, I kind of took a step back. It's like, yeah. But I don't think the Muppets were trying to do a realistic story. That's not what the movie's about. Yeah. It's it's meant to be more uplifting and fun. And yeah, we know that people don't just walk into a studio and get a rich and famous contract. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's called Get the Standard Rich and Famous Contract is kind of like a wink at the audience. Yeah. But, but I guess then, in a world that 
everyone has these pipe dreams. You need some realism. But sometimes when you live a world that's very cynical, it's nice to have these. And maybe that's why they keep coming back so often because mm. it's a very cynical world. And so I think there's a certain amount of this trust yourself, trust others. Believe in your dreams. Believe in your dreams that people Don't long... let your dreams just be dreams. <laughs> Sorry. <anyway. laughs> just do it. But I think people long for that. And I think then as thoughtful creators, we need to find ways to do it that aren't going just... That don't hold weight, you know, yeah. that aren't just gossamer. Ooh, I could get fancy words in there. <laughs> uh, no, but but I think, especially say as a Christian creator, you say, look, people are longing for that, but let's give them meat to it and not just friends and, you know, believe in yourself and it'll work. Yeah, it's a... It's a fine line. It I is guess. a fine line, yeah. You don't want to completely crush that in a weight of, of uh, cold, harsh cynicism, but... I think there's a way that realism can be hopeful. Like I think there, we have to thread that needle somehow. Yeah, and I yeah I don't think you'll do it in in, in in visual works, but you would hope that as creators or viewers that you would the body work would find that balance between the aspirational ideals and the how does it work out in the real world. Yeah, I agree. All right, I think that's a good place to end. I agree. Okay, well, hope you listeners enjoy that. We will move on now to our first soundtrack. For the first soundtrack, I took a song that was remixed from Octopath Traveler, which is a very good game. It's called By the Flame. It, the full song's almost eight minutes, so we're going to just do an excerpt from it. I um, mean, we don't have time for that, yeah. unless it's Glowworm Jim. Um, that was a very special circumstance. Yeah. We're not doing that now. It is remixed by Rosovian. Uh, it's based on the theme for the the town where the, the main church is, kind of the location for your cleric character that they follow the flame. And, you know, so we got a lot of this belief system going for this for this game. And I believe this is like kind of a Christmassy feel. And it does kind of a Christmassy, wintry feel. So for once, I actually followed through with that as well. But hope you enjoy By the Flame.
And we're back. Welcome. Ah, that was a fun song. Yeah. yeah. I, well, and Octopath has great music, so. Yeah, I believe it. I uh, recently finished uh, Triangle Strategy, which is another one of those 2D HD games. And, uh, I wonder if it's the same composer or not. I don't know. Possibly. I, I know there's a lot of the same team. A lot okay. of the artwork is similar. Not just the 2D stuff, but also the like hand-drawn stuff. Mm-hmm same person i believe so anyway moving on it is time for uh one more for this year once upon a sentence we've uh, we've been enjoying this segment this year uh, i don't think we had anyone send in an answer for our last sentence at least as of this recording as of this recording which admittedly has really only been about two weeks after the last one came out but remind us nick what was that sentence it was We are born, we're given just so much food as will keep the breath in our bodies, and those of us who are capable of it are forced to work to the last atom of our strength. In the very instant that our usefulness has come to an end, we are slaughtered with hideous cruelty. How cheery. It's Christmas Eve. Very festive. Okay, well, Nick, who wrote that lovely sentence? George Orwell from Animal Farm. From Animal Farm. Which was only on my brain because I was teaching it. So you're lucky students. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I've, I've been meaning to read some more Orwell myself just because it seems to be becoming more and more relevant. And I know there's some important stuff I haven't actually read completely myself. I haven't read 1984 yet. So that's yeah. a shame on me. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, let's move on to hopefully this will be a more fun sentence and we'll see if people will recognize this one. Away they all went. 20 couples at once. Hands half round and back again the other way. Down the middle and up again, round and round in various stages of affectionate grouping. Old top couple always turning up in the wrong place. New top couple starting off again as soon as they got there. All top couples at last, and not a bottom one to help them. Very nice. It's a long sentence, but that's the way these... We we tend to like to pick these long-running sentences. It gives you a little more context. Yes, yes. So anyway, here it is again. Away they all went, 20 couples at once. Hands half round and back again the other way. Down the middle and up again. Round and round in various stages of affectionate grouping. Old top couple always turning up in the wrong place. New top couple starting off again as soon as they got there. All top couples at last and not a bottom one to help them. Dare I say... The stranger? stranger? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. No, there is no dancing or anything remotely fun in The Stranger. (laughs) From my memory. Yeah. I should read it. I should actually, it's been like 20 years. I should really read it again and stop making fun of it and then make fun of it after having read it again. It's one of those those works that will stick with you for 20 years. And I don't know how much of a reminder you really need, but you don't know. Anyway, but let us know if you recognize what book that exciting sentence came from. Send us an email at derailedtrains at gmail.com. Or send us a direct message through Facebook or Twitter or Carrier Pigeon Owl. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Elf, reindeer. Elf, yeah. Any yeah. of those It'll things. Work. With that, we will move on to our next segment. It came from the interwebs. Okay, Nick. All uh, right, I'm ready. Part of me doesn't want to talk about this. Um, okay. But, but I couldn't not. So. <laughs> and it is somewhat relevant to our topic. But okay. I'm going to show you a trailer for a VR video game. Okay. Um, now this, I think. Oh, this, I think uh, I've oh, heard yeah, of this yeah. one. Oh, you you might have. You might have. I don't okay. know if you've seen this. I've not seen the trailer, but I think I know where. Okay. You have an idea where this is going. I have an idea where this is going. All right, here we go. 
Many people have attempted to write about the things that have taken place among Again, us. this VR, so like your first-person mode. Yep, you're looking through a deserty area. The Son of God who wants to <laughs> what, what? Okay. So... So what, what Nick is watching is a, a trailer for... I'm just going to talk over yeah, this because I can't hear what you're hearing. But, but he's watching a trailer for a uh, movie where you are... The literal name of the game is I Am Jesus Christ. Wherein you are um, playing as Jesus, healing people while well, he, he's doing turning water into wine. <laughs> You can run out of Holy Spirit energy, <laughs> apparently. It's, um, okay, so this is a segment where he goes to heal a boy, and he's, like, going inside his body. Finalizing healing. He's, like, manipulating the cells, or he's in the bloodstream or I something. Don't know. Oh, man. I have comments after this. Why? You want to save all those humans. You don't deserve that, and believe me that at the end, they will betray you and kill you. So, yeah, um, the, the idea of a Bible VR game is not a bad one per se. No, no, like, you could do some neat, like, oh, this was like to be here. But, okay, <laughs> just, when it says, out of Holy Spirit, I'm like, it's not a mana bar. It's not, again, that, that's the, the Holy wor- Spirit is not MP. The, the <laughs> you have to go farm some some Holy Spirit at your mana farm. Um, so, okay, we had to talk about this because it's not really, it's not Christmas and it's somewhat belief related, but like... But it, uh, some ways we talk about have faith is like, it's this, it's like a, a substance in which you have to have more of it. Yeah. And this, yeah, okay. So, yeah, in this in this game, you're literally playing as Jesus going and, through and... If like, you have magic glowing hands. Yeah, I mean, if you ever played a VR game, you know, you've got, like, the controllers and you, you're walking around as if you're the person. And we want we all want, as Christians, we want to be like Jesus. We don't want to literally be Jesus. I we, mean, anyone who... <sighs> like, I've, I have played Jesus as an actor before, and it's yeah. never something I would take lightly. Yeah, and... Uh, and, like, and uh, it's being taken lightly. Yeah. I mean, way too... I mean, the weird thing about this is that if this was done by someone like, say, the South Park people, yeah, it would feel way more like crass or disrespectful or, mm-hmm. or slanderous. The weird thing about this one is that it's got this like layer of respectability, like the... the it's, like, it's, like, it's like someone who wanted to treat it well, but they don't understand it. Yeah, because the, the environments look nice, mm-hmm. The at least in the trailer. And I, I saw this in some article, I don't know how accurate this is, that it has like scripture references on the screen okay. for like the stories that you're reenacting. So, do you know who made this? Do you know, like, what they're, you know, what did they make it just because they thought it'd be an interesting idea that they could get, like, Christians to buy it? Or is it, like, literally, like, people who, are, who see it as an interesting story and they just want to have you live through it? I don't quite understand. I mean, I guess an article where they interviewed the guy, uh, let's see, what's what's his name? The developer is called Simula Maker, or Simula Maker, yeah, probably like that, and Playway. Uh, who's the guy they interviewed? I mean, like, if you were just going to make, like, a experience the life of the, the world of Jesus. Yeah, that'd be one thing. That'd be one thing. But this is, like, putting you in the role. I mean, it feels like, in some ways, you're just side-questing the Gospels. Like, yeah. you're just like, ooh, 
side quest with healing the blind man. You gained XP. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's. <laughs> I first heard about this through World. That's of, why I had, I had, I had seen it come through that way. Uh, yeah, on the, on the, on the website. Oh, I'd like get emails from the Sift oh, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I guess the website Vice have done the main interview with the CEO. I think it's someone from oh Europe somewhere. His name is Maxim Vysochansky or something like that. And, you know, Vice is not a conservative website by any means. And even they kind of recognize that this could be seen as kind of um, sacrilegious. Yes. And they asked about the potential for it to be mocked online. And the CEO said, well, we've kind of already had some of that problem with our trailers. Because, yeah, if you look at the YouTube comments, they're like, yeah, Yeah. you can imagine sort of the jokes that they'll make. But he said, somebody needs to make such a game. (laughs) To which my response is, what? Really? Uh-huh. Do they? Do they really? <laughs> I, 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 I told this to Greg, and it's like it's like that Thor meme where he's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just one of those things that, like, well, Jesus is such a big deal in history. Someone has to make a game based on him. Yeah, I mean, we have games that where you can play as all kinds of other historical leaders. Why wouldn't you want to play as Jesus? Don't yeah. you want to be Jesus? Well, no, no, he's the, he's on a higher plane. That's not, not the. That's not how uh, religion works. <laughs> Oh man! So it's it's a weird thing because it's like it's you almost want to laugh at it, but it's it's so like borderline blasphemous. Well, it is. It's like you, won't, you always laugh because you can't take well, you can't take it seriously. Then you're like, this is wrong. But like when what I was watching, I'm just like, I can't believe it out of Holy Spirit. I can't even like <laughs> it seems like something like you would do as a like I could even see doing as like mocking video games or something. Something the Babylon Bee would come up Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... There's a section where you, uh, during the temptation section, where you're battling Satan and, like, hurling energy balls at him or something. And you're like, what? What? (laughs) I mean, it reminds me of... I mentioned here before, like this old, well, I don't, I don't know when it was, but the, the Noah's Ark uh, made a TV movie where there's also oh. like Lot is in it uh-huh. and like there's pirates and you're just like, what Bible did you read? <laughs> now we can, we can spruce this up a bit. Let's Make it a little more action oriented. Yeah. 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 Because Jesus often wrote like threw fireballs at things and went into, <laughs> I mean, like trying to make game mechanics do things that are. Siri, I, like, like just, you show him like the, a, a sequence where he's like force lifting some uh, wood, wood or something to help Peter catch fish. I think is the I idea. I, it's I, like if you help these disciples catch enough fish, you'll be able to recruit them. That's no, no that's not, no changing it. I mean, the, it's problematic to make anything in real life into gaming, but then especially when you do it in such a kind of blunt matter with such a serious thing, it's. Mm-hmm. There's some tone deafness there somewhere. Yeah, no, there there really is. I mean, I guess if we were to tie this back into the belief idea here, it's taking the spiritual ideas but not understanding the weights or the truth mm-hmm. behind them. But I don't know if there's spiritual ideas. You're taking the the outward actions and putting video game spirituality into it. Yeah. In some way. At least from the little bit the trailer showed. Yeah, that's it's, I mean, I'd heard about it, I'm like, that's just weird. But the trailer made it even weirder. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. All right. So we'll move on from that. I mean, that is available on Steam. So it, it technically comes from the interwebs. So I think, <laughs> yes, yeah, we yes, have, yes. It's like, it's worth addressing. Well, Tim, I feel so much more in the holiday spirit for after that. <laughs> the reason for the season. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but we, we can move on from there to uh, something more festive. 
How about a nice game of challenge accepted? All right, Tim. You got a challenge for me? I do, and I, right. I think you got something for me. I have right? something we'll try. Yeah, I, I hunted down something as well since you had ideas here. Sorry, folks. This is sort of a last-minute thing. But... Well, it's Christmas. We're trying to make get kids through school and <laughs> presents wrapped. and. That's right. So I figured— but I have faith in you, Tim. <laughs> I just was doing some really quick web searching and found some, some quotes related to Christmas. Some of these are going to be from— storytellers of some sort some of them will be actually from christmas specials characters in the the christmas specials yes so do kind of a mix of things all right let's try this so here here's your first one i stopped believing in santa claus when i was six mother took me to see him at a department store and he asked for my autograph so this is a an actress okay can you guess who said this hmm i stopped believing in santa claus when i was six Mother took me to see him in a department store, and he asked for my autograph. I when I was six, so it's young. It's a young actress. I don't know my actresses particularly well. I do not know. I'll give you. There's a little bit of a hint in the fact that she went to a department store, which I guess there's still. I mean, I figure it's older. Yeah, I figure it'd department be like, store stopped being a thing. No, I, I'm. Yeah, I don't know Walmart. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, '90s, I guess. Yeah. No, I I figure it was kind of an older. I don't, I don't know my actress as well or how, how young some of them started. Be we the young, start pretty sure. young for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it sounds like, like a Judy Garland sort of thing, almost. You're kind of close in the, the time frame. Is it, is it, is it, oh, my, my brain's dying. What's her name? Cute little girl. No, I, you're in the right ballpark here. Yeah, I think. okay. It's Shirley Temple. Yes, thank you. I couldn't, my, my brain was, okay, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so not really a point, but I'll give myself a half a point. <laughs> half a point. I, I, okay. I think that sounds fair. Uh, okay, let's try this one. Man, if man you be in heart, not adamant, forbear that wicked cant until you have discovered what the surplus is and where it is. Will you decide what men shall live, what men shall die? It may be that in the sight of heaven, you are more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor man's child. Oh, God, to hear the insect on the leaf pronouncing on too much life among his hungry brothers in the dust. That is, goes to Christmas present from a Christmas carol talking about, uh, I think, the famine and ignorance or something like that. Uh, well, yes, you, you are <laughs> definitely have the right, the right character and the right book. Maybe it, it's not that part. It's not quite that far, but it is. He's rebuking him for his uh, his more famous line of "If he be like to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus, surplus population." Okay, so it's not. It's a little before that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good line. Yeah, yeah, but not line. a well known line. That particular one. That's true. That that, that little paragraph I've just yeah. read it goes into a bit more detail. Okay, this one will be much shorter in comparison. Bernard Shaw, I strongly suspect, began to disbelieve in Santa Claus at a discreditably early age. Bernard Shaw. I was talking about Bernard Shaw. Is this just a person? This is a person who said this. It's not from a, an Shaw. author. It is. It is a, a author. So, a author. Sounds like I'm not sure. I, I'm not familiar enough with George Bernard Shaw to know his if he's a contemporary or not. Yeah, but also I'm going to just say Chesterton. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> actually, I think he harasses Shaw a lot. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So good job. You you guessed just from a uh, general Chestertoniness. It, it is. <laughs> it sounds very. Yes. Okay. Here's your next one. What is that? What is that I hear? Where is it coming from? I hear a siren, but I don't see any fire. I don't see any smoke. 
Whenever there is a siren, it means there's a fire, but I don't see any smoke. That siren, where is it coming from? Where is that sound coming from? I feel like I should know this one, but I really don't. This is from a Christmas movie. Uh, well, yeah, I fit, yeah, I, I had that idea, but where's that siren coming from? Is it a good Christmas movie? No. Okay. <laughs> I was leaning that way as well, but <laughs> is, this a, is this a Miss Ryan's theater Christmas movie? Close. Is it, is it 20 questions? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't originally, but apparently it is now. <laughs> I don't know, though. I, it has that feel, but I can't pin the... You're going to kick yourself. I am. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is that is that Santa Claus ice cream bunny? That is, is that the, that's Santa the, that's the, ice cream that's bunny. The, that's the train. The train. The the fire engine. Yes. What does he say? All of that according oh. to some website. I, oh. I, I searched for Santa and the ice cream bunny quotes, and that was one I found. So it was like, there's not many good quotes in that movie. No, it is. It's just rambling. It's just Santa rambling. Probably like that. That's most of the movie. Yeah, probably just ad libbing all that. I bet it's not actually a written line. The only movie with worse lines is Roller Gator. <laughs> Okay, here's your next quote. Frozen meals are bad for me, especially chocolate. Frozen meals are bad. I don't, the only thing that sounds like, again, this is going to have the audience will hate me because I, I haven't seen it lately. Is it Elf? <laughs> no, it is okay. not. I just know that I had, No, he eats chocolate all the time, though, so I don't know why I said that. There's yeah. not as many clues in this one as the last one, probably. Because, well, it's a lot shorter. Well, yeah. well, I mean, the clue in the last one was the word siren. Yeah. And the fact that it was so rambly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know whether you know this one or not, but this one is from another MST3. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I have no idea. Okay. Did you ever see. Um, this is not going to be helpful, but the movie is just called Santa Claus, but it's bit, in some versions it's called Santa Claus versus the devil or something I like think, that. I think, have I seen that one? I've heard of it. I've seen couples. I think I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That line is like from the, this demon who the Satan basically threats, like, if you don't do this, you'll have to eat nothing but, but chocolate ice cream. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, it's so bad for oh, me. Oh, okay. This sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. But anyway, I think that was uh, five five uh, quotes from me. So. All right, let's. Well, I just found this website that says, "Can you name the Christmas song from the lyrics?" Okay. At first, I thought some of these would be like super obvious. I read this one. And I'm like, either I don't know my Christmas songs, which is partly true, or it's hard. Okay. So we'll see here. Okay. Right. So here's the line. There's multiple choice. Okay. So here's the line: A crowded room, friends with tired eyes. I'm hiding from you in your soul of ice. Wow. Say that again. A crowded room, friends with tired eyes. I'm hiding from you in your soul of ice. Wow. Okay. So then there's multiple choices. Yeah. So we got Last Christmas, Sleigh Ride, Lonely This Christmas, or Underneath the Tree. <laughs> um, These see it sound made up to me. But we'll, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty depressing. Um, what were the last two? Lonely This Christmas and Underneath the Tree. Let's go with Lonely This Christmas. Yeah, let's click and see. Nope. Last Christmas. Oh, okay. I've heard of Last Christmas, but I I don't know it that way. I, I think I, I just know the chorus. Okay, I just it, it is a it is a sad song. Too. Okay, like Last Christmas I gave you my heart. Oh, okay, that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next number two can't make it all alone. I've built my dreams around you. Okay, so far these all sound like codependent Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm reading through this and I'm like, are these Christmas? Like, normally I think Christmas songs like more traditional kind of churchy ones. And uh -huh. these are like, I obviously don't listen to enough Christmas music. Or pop music or yeah. some sort. Yeah. So, can't make it all alone. I've built my dreams around you. Is that Santa Tell Me? What Christmas means to me? Fairy Tale of New York? 
or Blue Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Say those again. Santa, tell me what Christmas means to me. Fairy tale of New York, Blue Christmas. I'm gonna go with Fairy tale of New York just because I don't know this at all. And you are correct. Yay! I, wow, impressive guessing. Yeah, the the first one sounded more cheery than the lyric did. So yeah. I'm not sure my logic holds up there, but it worked. <laughs> Number three. There's a world outside your window, and it's a world of dread and fear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what in the world? I'm glad I went first. <laughs> I love these. All right. There's a world outside your window, and it's a world of dread and fear. Is it Happy Xmas? War is over. Do they know it's Christmas? Stay another day. Please come home for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. I've not heard of any of these. I've heard of one of these. I'll just pick a number out of a hat. Number one. No. This is what I thought it was. Do they know it's Christmas? That's that like infamous one that like they make fun of because it's about like Africans. Do they know it's Christmas? Oh, really? Yeah. It's like really horrible. Wow. From the like 50s? Probably, or, no, or I think it's like supposed to be like a, like a big like help. Oh, like sort helping of, international sort of thing. Big, but it didn't. It I, felt that's, my, that's my memory. We might have to look it up after this. But it was, it struck okay. me as one of those that like, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Okay. Four. Take care in all you do next year and keep smiling through the days. So get a little more, a little yeah. nicer. Yeah. Okay. The Christmas song, Mary's Boy Child, or Oh My Lord, I guess that's two names for it. Mistletoe and Wine, or Step into Christmas. Hmm. What's the lyric again? Take care in all you do next year and keep smiling through the days. Okay. What were the last two? Mistletoe and Wine and Step into Christmas. Let's go with Mistletoe and Wine. You're incorrect. It was ah. step into Christmas. Ah. I think the clue there was that take care next year, like you're stepping, like it moving forward. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'd, maybe just the new wine thing made me think kind of a New Year's yeah, thing. Yeah. That's true. It was, it was, so it was interesting. I, I feel like some people work at businesses where they have like Christmas songs 24 7. Yeah. And like Hey Nana used to be that way, but I don't listen to many of the non super traditional ones anymore. So mm. yeah. Okay. Here we go. These are weird. Now the frosticles appeared and they've frozen up my beard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I kind of like that one. Okay. Now the frosticles appeared and they've frozen up my beard. I don't know who picked these lines out of these words, but anyways. That's a funny one, at least. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. No. Do you hear what I hear? No. I wish it could be Christmas every day. No. Merry Christmas, everyone. That one. All right. It was, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Really? Apparently. Do we call foul on this? Let's try this. Hmm. Unless it's like some random verse no one knows. I mean, I guess that's possible. I mean... The, I, yeah, it is. I, I wish it could be Christmas every day by Girls Aloud. Oh. Well. Maybe it's a very different one. Or Nick Lowe sings it too, I guess. I don't Various people sing it. But yeah, apparently it's a thing. I have never heard that lyric. I mean, I guess... <laughs> I mean, I know that there are different... Like the original version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas... Mm-hmm. Has some much more depressing lyrics in it that I don't think wound up make because that that's originally from Meet Me in St. Louis. And it's oh, kind of oh a, yeah, okay. it's kind of a sad song the way it's originally done, but some of the lyrics have been changed to make it more cheerier. You know, if you'd put these lyrics together, most of them you would never even guess they're Christmas songs. Like I think you could make a whole like new song out of these. <laughs> I can see that. Like these are like story starters. Like there's a world outside your window is full of wor- a world of dread and fear. <laughs> Anyways, you want to give me a few more, or what's our Um, our time? Let's do two more each. Okay, give me a few. Yep. Okay, I got one. I'm going to modify it a little bit to take out the name that would give it away. Yes, go for it. All right. 
Over the years, he has talked about one person more than any other, a legendary hero who has saved countless lives. We could give him to him as a present. Or we could give this hero to him as a present, make that give a little clearer. Give this hero clearer. to him as a present. I feel like they're either this kidnapped... Is, this is from a Christmas special. Okay, okay. It's either like they're going to kidnap Santa for some reason, or um, like Toy Story Christmas. Under that. <laughs> no, no, okay. not either one of those. Okay. I will give you a hint. This is a very recent Christmas special. A very recent Christmas special. Yes. Hmm. Like super recent? So reason I may not have seen it yet, as in like two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, Possibly. I'm going to just get <laughs> okay. <laughs> My 20 questions. Um, so th- is this Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special? This is the Guardians okay. of the Galaxy. Okay, that sounds. Now that I think that I'm like that. That quote sounds completely in line with that. Yes, that's. Have uh, you seen it? I have seen is it. Is it pretty? Is it worth watching? It is, it is worth watching. Okay, I had, yeah. You know, it came on. I'm like, I need to watch that, and then it got lost. Yeah, yeah you kind of forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's easy to do, but no, it's it's well. I mean, it's like 45 minutes. It's like basically what an, an hour special. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's it's well, well that that wor- makes me that quote makes me want to makes me want to watch it more. Yeah, it's well worth it. Okay. Cool. I mean, I could have said the person they're talking about is, of course. Kevin Bacon. Okay. Because <laughs> that whole thing is That's about, hilarious. About them wanting to bring Kevin Bacon out in the galaxy. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. One last one. Okay. Let's try this. This is again from a Christmas special. Where we come from, this is small talk. Oh, I know that one. That is the family Muppet Christmas when they're talking to about what letters start with things. Yes. Muppet Family Christmas. The Sesame Street characters are talking to Doc from Frogger Rock. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Being like... Did you know that Doc starts with letter D? Why, yes. Yes, yes starts with letter Y. True. And true starts with letter T. Hey, what is this? Where we come from? This is small talk. It's funny. The things I know are the things I don't know right there. Like, <laughs> like I catch that one and Charles Dickens right off the bat. And the other one's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. That's funny. That's just funny. that I haven't seen that for a couple of years. but Nice. Good job. Yeah. All right. You got two more. Okay. I'm going to give you one that's a little more, I think, natural. Okay. And then maybe I'll find a weird one. Okay. Okay. Dolls that will talk and go for a walk is a hope of Janice and Jen. Okay. Is it White Christmas? Little Drummer Boy? One More Sleep? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The last one. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Finally. Yes. Very yeah, good. I knew that one. And this would just be the odd. This seems just very strange. As a, okay. Last one. If I get home, live to tell the tale, I run for all the presidencies. <laughs> okay. That's not where I thought that, uh, that phrase was going. Okay, I'll read one more time. If I get home, live to tell the tale, I'll run for all the presidencies. It's either it's the most wonderful time of the year, stop the Calvary, have yourself a merry little Christmas, wonderful Christmas time. (laughs) Uh, Okay, the problem with wonderful Christmas time is no one knows anything about that song except for that stupid repeating chorus. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. What they sing the rest of that song, I have no idea. Yeah. But still, for just pure bizarreness, I'll go with the second one. Stop the Calvary? Yeah, since I've never heard of that. You are correct. (laughs) What is Stop the Calvary? I don't know. It sounds like a time travel Christmas song or something. Okay, let's see. Stop the Calvary. It was number three on the singles chart in Britain in 1980s. So yeah, it says, hey, Mr. Churchill comes over here to say we're doing splendidly, but it's very cold out here in the snow, marching to and fro from the enemy. So it's like a, it's like World War II war Worse. Christmas song that came out in the 80s. <laughs> okay. It sounds like something that some of the musician on Overclocked Remix would come up with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Mary Bradley waits at home in the nuclear fallout zone where she could be dancing now in the arms of the girl I love. <laughs> oh my. Bang goes another bomb on another town while the czar and Jim have tea. If I get home, live to tell the tale, run for all the presidencies. <laughs> wow. Things you learn on the internet. Yes, indeed. All right. I guess that's challenge accepted. That's right. I like how I had some like... I didn't go too crazy. I mean, there's yeah. all things you'd heard of before. Yeah. You, you knew found a quiz that had some really obscure stuff in it. It was weird. It was weird. So, yeah, that's, that's fun. It's funny. Christmas is one of those times where there's the things everyone knows, and then there's a lot of strange things mm-hmm. existing in the movies and books and, yeah. Yeah, people trying to tell interesting stories, and some you're not always guaranteed which things are going to stick with people and which things aren't. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. I mean, if you are managed to get into that tradition of, oh, we have to watch this every year, then you're set. Yeah. But All right, folks. Well, we hope you enjoyed this Christmassy uh, second half of the episode, or at least part of the second half of the episode. We've done interesting little Christmas contests like this before in mm-hmm. past episodes. Last year, I think we did a challenge accepted where I played excerpts of Christmas specials for Nick. One year, we had my whole family involved in some sort of challenge. Yeah, I uh, we wrote elevator pitches based just on the titles of some obscure Christmas specials and see whose is the most fun. Mm -hmm. So check those out on our website, derailedtrainsofthought.com, where you can find all of our past episodes. And uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher and Spotify and Apple Podcasts to uh, make sure you don't miss a single episode that we have. And of course, our other podcast, Let's Finally Watch This, is wrapping up, as we've mentioned before. And Weekly Hijack, nothing going on there right now, but but if you're interested in Once Upon a Time, there's lots of seasons of it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And you know, Weekly Hijack might be coming back sometime early next year. I, I, yeah, I think you can look forward to some, a new, a new essential series. that we needed to yes. cover. Yeah. New TV classic. Yes. So, classic. So we'll, we'll tease that for now. Uh, meanwhile, let's uh, pull up my soundtrack here. I've got a remix from the game Aquaria, which is an indie game that I've never played. Have you ever played this one? No, or like for maybe I played a demo of it, but no, not really. Okay, it's from 2007, so yeah. it, was, it was a while back. But this remix is called Prayer for the Azura Waters. So, prayer it ties into belief and it has kind of a wintry vibe to it. I guess the, the original song it's remixing is called Icy Waters. So, there's again, there's that winter Christmas mm-hmm. vibe to it, kind of warm and calming. Uh, this is by Ryan Davis Music. And I hope you will enjoy it. But meanwhile, Nick, I think we are getting close to uh, something. There's a lot of excitement with, oh. these, with these kids around cool. here. Cool. We're done just in time, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, hope wherever we're headed, I hope it's uh, nice and warm. And that uh, will be a good place to celebrate the holidays. I, I, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. So thank you folks for listening. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. Bye-bye. Feliz Navidad. <laughs>